Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Uh, welcome to another rendition of Hobbadoja Podcast. Um, today we have a special guest all the way from Lancaster, England, Andrea Carbonsensi. Hello. Oose. Oose, oose, We've just done day, what is it? Four. They're all stringing together. Day four of Kangeko. Yep. Um, the fatigue is setting in. Body's starting That's to feel it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, is this your first first Kangeko? Andrea? My first Kangeko in, in Dublin, yes. Dublin. And how are you finding yeah. it so far? I'm running on empty now. Yeah. <laughs> it's fair to say. Because no, not only are we doing, you know, cold training in the mornings at seven o'clock, going out for runs, coming back and training with a different sensei every morning, but we're also training in instructor's training straight after that and then training again in the normal scheduled evening adult classes. So for, for poor Andrea, she's training probably triple the amount of most of the people that are doing Kankeko. Yeah. Um, so we do feel for her uh, in a big way. But how, but what, what have you, how have you found it so far Like in terms of the, the classes that we've been doing in Kankeko? It's just um, awesome because like, um, I, I, normally, I normally train on my own. So um, I don't have really peers that I can train with in my own dojo um, or anyone really that can challenge me. They're all lesser grades than me all my students so and just being an instructor as well you don't you don't tend to be challenged as much from somebody else so you you can you can kind of get lazy on your own and it's I I just miss being in the line and just training and being it's going to sound awful but just being really selfish and not having to worry about students so it's just been great to just focus on me and train this week. We we forget about that sometimes how Spoiled we are to have a mm-hmm. to be teaching in a professional dojo with a senior grade above us as instructors. We get told, yeah, how shit we are all the time. We, yeah. get, <laughs> to, we yeah. get to be students and instructors at the same yeah. time. We're pretty lucky that way. Yeah, and yeah. I miss that. I really do miss that. Yeah, that. I mean, I I remember teaching by myself in Scotland and having to travel very far to get any sort of input in what I was doing. Uh, it was very difficult to get feedback. And when you're training by yourself, you tend to just not train quite as hard as much no. as you'd like to think you yep. would. You it's good lazy. to have peers there. It's good to have people who are moving a bit faster than you. Who are, you know, they might have a, they might be have an extra cup of coffee in the morning, so they're feeling extra <laughs> zesty, and you're sort of slugging away, and you're trying to big yourself up. It's good to have that sort of, uh, like we said a couple of t- podcasts ago, a bit of competitiveness. Yeah, a bit yeah. of competition. Yeah. That's yeah. what it's all about. Yeah, because I think you bounce off each other definitely. Uh, what I found this week, anyway. So, so no better time than Kangeko to get that kind of spirit in you as well mm-hmm. because it, that's what it's all about setting you up for the whole year that's it mm-hmm. so feeling like you've accomplished something at the start so you can accomplish everything for the rest <laughs> of the year <laughs> <laughs> um, but we had an excellent class this morning from our very own Rue Sensei Oos. oh so sweet and, and Rue can we just talk about a little bit what you were doing today because I thought it was very interesting how you you combined your two passions in the yeah. class. I thought that was excellent. Thanks, man. So uh, my other thing that I do apart from karate is music. Um, before working as a full-time karate instructor, I was more or less a full-time musician. A little bit less than full-time, but... Um, yeah, and uh, something Scott mentioned during instructor's training yesterday morning was that 
so he used uh, he used a saying about music to describe what he was teaching, and he said it's not about the notes themselves, but what's also important is the space in between the notes. And I thought, yeah, I know exactly what he's talking about there. I can relate that to my karate because that's my bag. I, I do music, yeah. and I thought. I, I, in that moment I was inspired I still didn't know what I was going to do from my Kangeko class when I was teaching and I was inspired and I thought that's what I'm going to do I'm going to use a f thing or two about music related back to karate and see how it goes and that's what I did and I think it went very well yeah. thanks I think very it went much very well. I focused on rhythm so we started with just uh, you know Chokuzuki and then we went into the classic Kizamizuki Gyakuzuki combination, and I had people think about the the rhythm, the way they punch, the way they expand, and the way they recover. These things, they happen together, but in a way, the, there are points that happen one at a time. Um, and when you string them all together, and when you're repeating them to the count, you can find that there's a rhythm developing, and sort of leaning into that rhythm and really feeling it, I think, can help your training a lot can get you in the spirit a bit more. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. That was my class. So when when you you said Andrew that you train yourself mm -hmm. a lot, you're you're stuck training yourself. So when you train yourself, like for people who are probably in the same boat, there's probably a lot of people yeah. who maybe don't have dojos nearby, um maybe they don't maybe you know it's not the same style and people who want to do karate maybe don't have karate dojos mm -hmm. in particular. Training by yourself, what what do you think's important in terms of continuing to develop without the 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 sort of fortune we have of having constant input mm -hmm. into our training all the time what, what do you what do you focus on yourself when you're training I think it's important to have a plan um, just like you would have um, going um, doing a gym program or anything like that I think it's important to have a notebook and a plan and I always have a plan I, I my plan is a sort of a rotating plan of about I'd say about 13 weeks. Um, so I, I, I work back at home on school terms. So it's about the, they're about 13 weeks long. And so for my classes, um, for all levels of classes, I have a different plan that, that lasts for about 13 weeks and then it rotates round again. And I have the same plan for myself. Um, so for my own training. So say, for example, um, I look at, um, so like say I'm training over three days, I look at one day. Um, and I'd be working on um, like three or four kata, um, random ones. And then I would be working on either kion or kumite and doing um, kion um, or just working on the kumite, um, kumite drills. And that's that's kind of how I um, prepared for my last grading as well, was just doing that for, thir you know, because it was very difficult, obviously, you know, like preparing myself for a grading as well. Um, but I would I would say um, having that plan is really essential to keep you on track. Also, as well, I, I like um, I I obviously use equipment, and um, you know I, I use the tubes um, by myself and weights, and um, I train a lot in the park because I don't have a dojo, so I train in all weathers in the park, which is kind of cool. It's relatively That's quiet. Tough. I wouldn't be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Days like today, I'd be no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not fun, but it just it does build spirit and yeah. um, and and keeps me disciplined, you know. Um, also, the use of um, although I don't tend to do it that much because I'm re I'm I'm overly hard on myself anyway. But um, but I find it quite useful to film yourself sometimes and then look back and then there's nothing like sort of like sensei video, you know, <laughs> sensei film to, to yeah. sort of like reflect back on you when you don't have anybody else to spot you. Yeah. You know? 
So yeah. No, that's good. We use some like we we sometimes use a coach's eye, it's an yeah. app, and you can yeah, sort of use, that, you yeah. can use the slow motion and stuff and really see how terrible yeah. <laughs> you are, yeah. even if you don't realize it. So yeah, it, I mean that. I mean training yourself is, is such a challenge. I mean you you had a, a period when you were down in Cork yeah. yourself and and sort of ran out of places to train. Like how how did you get on training yourself down there? Well, I, I didn't train down in the park. Instead, I trained in a, a dingy alley behind my apartment building. <laughs> yeah, it was the first against whatever homeless guy yeah. <laughs> walked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. I practiced my combat skills daily no but seriously graffiti and and needles lying around the place wow, and yeah. so i never got to train barefoot in in that scenario oh, but uh oh, uh, yeah do you train barefoot in the park <laughs> no 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 <laughs> but I, I just repeat stuff that i um i'd re- repeat stuff that i remembered from my brief stint in morning training with with the crew up here yeah just after i got my black belt i joined morning training for a time then i had to move away then when i arrived in cork yeah, I just uh, drew on that, and I, keeping myself fit, can, you know, repeating those combinations, those drills, those things we used to do, mm-hmm. and sort of going through kata and trying to remember teaching points and trying to drill them into myself, but really probably missing missing out on, on so much other stuff that yeah. I could have been improving on, because I didn't, well, I did, I used, I used a camera sometimes, probably not enough, but probably because during that time I just wanted to train to feel like I was training, yeah. yeah. Not really, not really to improve. I guess. No. Yeah. I was doing it out of frustration. Uh, it was without, frustrated training. Without yeah. the mindfulness, yeah. Without yeah. the mindfulness, yeah. yeah. Just, just wanting to sweat, wanting I to get my heart that, rate up. Yeah. There's, there's a, definitely a time and place for that kind of training, you know. So like, yeah. doing something is better than doing nothing, yeah. you know. Yeah. Re- regardless of whether you, you can, you know, watch your progress or, or you know, mark what needs to be improved and stuff. Sometimes just, you know doing a kata or doing a few reps of kihon or shadow boxing or whatever it is you're doing mm-hmm. is, is yeah. better than doing nothing yeah well I, di- I did leave the alley eventually i got membership to the squash club uh <laughs> and uh, and i trained inside the oh, squash nice. courts yeah, but cool. you had to pay two euro for a token to turn the lights on oh, that's and the lights only it. went on for 30 minutes oh, so okay. i used to train in the dark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which probably also wasn't very good for my progress yeah. well, I was a full time musician alright I, I, yeah. I couldn't afford those tokens yeah. <laughs> so um, as a female instructor there isn't many of them kicking about in the karate world it's still I think in terms of instructors a very male dominated mm-hmm. aspect of karate I think now we've got more more women doing karate than ever before, more girls taking part in classes than ever before. Um, but why do you think that there's very few female instructors? And as a female instructor, do you have, do you find yourself having any challenges that come with that? Any benefits? Do, do you think that there, there's, there's some sort of roadblocks in the way as a female instructor um, in terms of, I don't know, like teaching, in terms of people's attitudes towards you? Do you find there's any sort of any controversy that comes with that? I've been really lucky, really, in terms of my karate development in in that. Um, when I, when I, well, this is probably true for a lot of women, actually, that that have been training as long as that, as long as I have been, I've been training for about 30 years. And when I first started, my, my dojo at home in Lancaster, my parent dojo, was, was very male dominated. I think there was only about... At the time, there was only about three, three or four women 
that were training and the rest were all men and um and it was a very in those days like we're talking sort of like the late 80s you know there was a lot more people training back then i i, I first impressions of you know was i just remember the whole dojo being packed from wall to wall about four lines and they would all be men and then uh, around would you know dotted was the was the old woman and um and there was one senior female i say senior but she was only a brown belt at the time and i i thought she was awesome um so she was sort of like my you know she was like the person that i looked to at the time um i think there's a number of um oh so so yeah i i think in terms of that I was treated like just one of the guys and I was never, I, my, my, my own sensei, uh, Sensei Norman Barrett, always expected me to do everything that the men did. So I, I didn't get a free ticket at all on anything. Um, so everything that the men did, I had to do. And, um, and sometimes that was very hard, you know, because I didn't have the size and, and the weight behind me to be able to take a lot of things. So, um, but I just had to sort of get on with it and, and if anything, it sort of just really made me tough and, re and very resilient. Um, I think that in terms of um, development through the grades up through, you know, through the Dan grades and everything um, and why there's not more women as leaders or maybe um, dojo heads, I think it, it, there's a mix of different reasons for it. I mean, I'm single, um, I have no responsibilities, um, I don't have children. And I think that has some things to do with it with women is that they, they have to take sort of breaks from training more than what men do. Um, you often see, um, I, I've got a lot of friends who have um, met people since they've been training and then uh, got married and had children and everything. And then they have to take breaks from training because of that. And so it's like any other job when you think about that, you know, there's more there's more breaks in your training than, than what the average man has. Um, I think that um, different women really, uh, from, from what I've experienced, have experienced, like, I don't think really I've, I've been very privileged to not experience much in the way of any sort of prejudice or bias. Um, the only one time that, I've ever experienced it in my life actually was just recently um I'd say about three years ago um on the grading and it was somebody it was one of my kumite partners that I had to fight and um I, I fought three guys at the time the two two of them were pushed me really really hard you know and like I got knocked down a few times and you know got up and, and all the rest of it but one of the guys took it really easy on me and I, I knew that he was kind of holding back on me, um, which was a shame, but I mean, I, I didn't know whether it was for his own reasons or whatever, but then he sort of, he came up to me after the grading and a finish and apologized to me for not going in on me as hard as what he could have done. And it was that bit that, that, I, that, that I didn't like, I felt patronized with it. If he did not said anything, then it might have been okay, but but it was just it was just the fact that he 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 felt the need to apologise to me for 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 being too hard on me when you know. Do, do you find that happens a lot on like on on you know courses on camps you mm -hmm. know and and if you're in you know like in this dojo here do you find yeah. it, does it piss you off when 
when you feel like you know your male training partners are are taking it easy on you maybe yeah. not, gi- not giving you the respect of being able to to handle yourself and do yourself regardless of how yeah. tough the training gets how how physical the training yeah. gets you know trusting that you you um as a senior grade and as an yeah. instructor and as someone who's been doing karate for a very long time mm-hmm. is capable mm-hmm. and like you say coming up through a dojo which was very male dominant and yeah. being treat and not being treated any different do, do you find it annoying do you do you yeah like- yeah i find it patronizing i think that um you know i mean there's lots of there's lots of guys who uh mentioning no names who is sort of like the same sort of height as me and but nobody would think of um I'm even smaller than you, Andrew. <laughs> yeah, we discovered that I'm a little bit taller. That made my day, actually, when I discovered I'm just a little bit taller than Rue. Um, but nobody would dream of... So- I don't think of going up to Rue and saying, oh, I'm really sorry for going too hard on you or whatever, you know. And I just... I find it... It's a must. If you ever come to the dojo, smack Rue, yeah? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. So I find it, yeah. I, but it's only happened... I, I want to stress this. It's only happened once or twice in the whole time that I've been training. And it's not often... You get the odd, maybe very old-fashioned mindset that will say, you know, well, you know, I don't feel comfortable hitting women and that kind of thing. And, you know, I I think some, some of that also has to do with the dojo that you come through as well. Because I've even had, I've even heard women say, oh, we come from, and whatever this means, we come from a no-contact dojo. And it's just, you know, <laughs> and it's just like, what do you mean by that? You know, it's, you know, people like punching and kicking sort of like quite a ways from you and sort of like the the kick um, lands maybe about three inches away from your face and it's just like well you know why aren't you going to hit oh we come from a no contact dojo and I've you never know. heard that before. Yeah, That's strange. Strange. <laughs> wow. it's very very strange. It's part of so, the deal learning to control yeah. your body. It and is. Also yeah. in, terms yeah. of, in, in terms of delivering power and holding back on power this yeah. is strange yeah? yeah I mean I think like, I, I don't know how you feel but I feel like in the HCKI we have a lot of very high level female instructors and female karateka yourself yeah. we've got Chrissy Howard we've got Kay Doody Laura Urin uh, Amanda Gizri like Sandra a whole, a whole, a whole bunch of, of them yeah I could, I could sp- spend a while here list, listing names and we've got a bunch in the dojo. We've got a lot of uh, females in the dojo that have, you know, I remember them starting when I first moved here, and they've slowly been moving up to ranks. And so yeah. now they're they're you know they're all turning second queue, mm. first queue. You know they're ready to to move on to that. They're just about ready to move on to that showdown level. And I I like to think that they that they don't experience that in this dojo. I like to think no. that, that they don't. But at the same time, I don't know how you feel about Rude, but sometimes it. As someone like me, I am a, a heavy, very heavy guy, yeah. and I, it doesn't take a lot for me to to hurt someone if I want yeah. to hit them. Like it's yeah. very it doesn't yeah. very like effortless mm-hmm. to be able to put my weight onto something and hurt. Like I do it to like some of the guys. You know, yeah. you catch you catch them. You know, in the moment, and they're and they're you know folding over and trying to get their breath back and stuff. And I think some like sometimes you you maybe not deliberately, but I, I have I would have to admit as much as I, you know, might feel a bit ashamed of it, there is sometimes when you're paired up with a female in the dojo and you feel like you have to be extra careful, you know? Mm-hmm. You still don't want, you still, and it's you're still thinking you, ca- you can't be patronising, you can't 
not put the effort in. But I like to think, like me and Andrea, oh. me and you had a nice sparring session yeah. the other day. We were still making contact. We're still yeah. constantly hitting each other, yeah. moving back and forward. But do you ever feel like you, you have to take like just an extra second just to make sure you're not, well, not hurting anyone? I, in, the short answer is yeah. And yeah, it happens when I'm paired up with women. But I think it's I think it's because generally, uh, so I think I, I think I hold back my punches. Uh, the extent to which I hold back is about the size of my opponent. Mm-hmm. I think usually. Yeah. So if yeah. it's a if it's one of the teenagers or one of the juniors, I won't be trying to hit hard at all. Yeah. If yeah. it's one of the big guys, I'll be trying to hit hard. But if it's one of the big guys and they also happen to be a white belt. I wouldn't hit hard. So grade comes into it too, the level of experience. And then when it's that strong contingent of brown belt women that we have in the dojo, I I sort of thump a little bit, but I'd I'd never try and hit any of them as hard as I'd try and hit you. When I'm trying to hit you, I'm going like full whack, as hard as I possibly can, because I know it won't affect you. Because he doesn't doesn't like me, that's why. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, is uh, is there a little bit of sexism in it Probably because let's face it, we're all a bit sexist. The same way we're all a little bit racist. Mm. Being aware of it is a good thing. Um, so I guess I just have to hit the women a bit harder from now on. <laughs> do, do you think it, it helps, Andrea, if 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 people, if women who are training in dojos, make it clear? Listen, I don't want special treatment. Just give me a smack. I think maybe yeah. It's it. I think well, it's, you know, you know. It, I think it's unfair as well to just lay this on the guys as well because there's like occasionally when I've been fighting other women who and I have and I've had complaints from other women that I like that I've either clipped them or I've hit them too hard or whatever, and you know, I've not been used to that. Maybe I've not been used to that because you know because I've come through a dojo culture that's been very male dominated I don't know so they don't complain a whole lot um, because maybe I don't for them it's not you know if I hit them it's not as hard as what maybe another guy would do but um, but it does it does sometimes uh, make me aware really like some people have said oh you don't really you don't really know your own strength or you don't know your own power so then I, I then I, it makes me aware and I have to pull it back because I do feel very confident teaching children. I've never, ever, you know, I've, I've never, my control is immaculate when teaching children. So, you know, it, it does beg the question, like, you know, why, you know, when you're fighting another adult woman or a man, you know, do you modify your technique for that? person or do you do you, as um rue said do you modify according to their size or their experience or you know um their grade i think so, the other thing that can come yeah, that can come into it is the type of class you're having so one time uh scott sensei was teaching a really nice kumite class and we were changing partners again and again and again we were going around and it was just a I think it was just trading gyakuzukis with your partner, yeah. but ah no, it was it was Paul Uren's class when he was here. Remember, one person would say uke and the other would say the other Japanese word, 
and then we <laughs> thump one another. I can't remember the point of it, okay? I just remember thumping oh, one Paul, another. Paul, if you're listening, please comment what the other word was. <laughs> so one person was doing... Anyway, the point of the exercise was we were hitting each other and uh, people were getting really into it. The Palmerstown guys were here, which always raises the yeah. spirits a little bit because they like to get stuck in, you know? Shout and out I to ended Ray up... and Jason in the Palmerstown All right, Ray and Jason. Boys. <laughs> And uh, I ended up walloping Natalia a lot harder than I would have under any other circumstances. And she later on told me it was the hardest punch she'd gotten all night. Not because I was punching especially yeah. hard, just because, no, I mean, not because I can punch especially hard, but because I was feeling the spirit. Yeah. And yeah. she survived. She was fine, <laughs> yeah. because obviously she was in the spirit too. She yeah. probably had adrenaline going. If you walk up yeah. to a woman, whether she's a brown belt or a black belt or whatever, and punch her without letting her know, yeah. then it's going to be bad. Yeah. But if everybody's enjoying it and feeling it, then you can start thumping. I mean, yeah. I, think, I think, yeah, and also I think everyone needs to keep in mind that as beautiful as karate can be and it's spiritual and it's good as for your well-being, it's still punching and kicking yeah. each other. It's a con- <laughs> at the end of the day. It's yeah. A, yeah, it's, it's a, well, I don't, I, I like, I, I hate calling it a sport, but you know, at the end of the day, it's, it's about, it's about contact uh-huh. and you know, you do expect to be it's a martial art hit. yeah <laughs> right. you know yeah so uh, something um, pretty good that I heard about recently is that in over in uh, the UK the HDKI GB has arranged a women's competition mm-hmm. so a competition just for women and girls right yeah um, it was um, well the idea originally came from um, Simon Bly Sensei and um the the whole the whole idea was to really encourage more girls and women to participate in competitive karate um, because um, you know while there's a lot of elite women that compete um, at the grassroots level it's very difficult to get them along to competitions um, and so this idea of just encouraging women or girls who might not have um, achieved any sporting success in anything else or maybe karate is the first sort of physical activity that they've taken up seriously it gives them a chance to kind of take um their training into a whole different direction and to test themselves in that way and challenge themselves in that way how long has the competition been running um i believe uh last year was our third year so this will be our fourth year right yep very good and that is taking place on the 15th of June, I believe? Correct, in yeah. Dudley. And yeah. um, how, uh, what about attendance? Uh, has it been... Uh, I think I've, I've heard it's growing. So last year, how many did you yeah, have? Yeah, I, I, I think the first year, I can't remember what the numbers were. I, I think possibly, I, although I could be corrected very quickly by um, um, Amy Joe and, uh, and Amanda Gisby-Sensies, um, I think it was in the region of about 60-something last year. The first year, there was 12. I see. So it has grown, That's you know. That's a pretty good yeah. growth. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big yeah. Speed, yeah. Pretty good yeah. curve you're on there. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. So it takes place on the 15th of June. Yeah. And if there's any women or girls out there interested in competing in the UK, it's taking place at Dudley, in Dudley. And contact HDKIGB. Yes, yeah, so I know that we're, we're going to send it. And it's an open; over. anyone yeah. can participate. You don't have to be HD, HDKI. So open female comp. I think it's a great idea. Uh, we're definitely going to send the team over. I think we sent the team over last year. Yeah, uh, we're going to do the same again this year. 
Um, so good luck at all our guys that are going to go to it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, if, if uh, you're in town nearby or are looking for something to do that weekend, uh, Scott says he's also teaching the following day, I believe, mm. at Dudley Castle, which is a great venue. Uh, there's a zoo there for, you know, family members <laughs> who don't want to train and just want to <laughs> see. So there's always there's stuff to do and uh, Scott says he's brilliant. So, yeah, head along to that. 16th of June, 2019, yeah. Scott Langley, Dudley yeah, Castle. Make a weekend of it. Excellent. Cool. Okay, well, thanks a lot for talking to us, Andrea. I really welcome. appreciate it. And yeah. um, I would say uh, come back again soon, but I'm going to, we're going to see you in <laughs> a couple <laughs> a of hours, hours for some more training. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Never ending. Uh, there wasn't Scott Middleton, you say that. Scott Middleton it's says it. The endless journey. The endless journey. <laughs> the, endless, the, the, the endless journey. The endless <laughs> fucking week is what I call it. Man. <laughs> Just, oh. Okay. Ridiculous. Um, thank you very much, guys. Oos. Oos.